Hey there, friend. I'm Susan, and this is the Spark Chasers podcast, a series dedicated to the educational changemakers who embrace creativity, seek out challenges, and collaborate on solutions. This is a show for any educator looking to explore the creative side in the classroom, business, and life. So grab a cup of caffeine, your favorite flare pen, and let's chat about what's now and what could be next. Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of Spark Chasers. I'm Susan Riley, the founder of the Institute for Arts Integration and STEAM and your host. Today's episode is super important because we're going to talk about some stuff that often gets pushed to the back for educators, and that's our mental well-being. Now, especially during this school year, we need to bring mental health to the front of the line not just for ourselves, but for our students as well. Now, before we get into all of that, because it's a heavy topic, um, I wanna remind you that our Arts Integration Bootcamp has just started and there's still time left to join us. This is a free month-long action-oriented plan to help you kickstart creativity in your classroom this year. Each week, you'll receive a free training on a new strategy, a single task you can use in your lesson planning, and a community of others for support and encouragement. And I gotta tell you, the amount of support and encouragement that's already happening in this group is phenomenal. I have never been a part of something like this that is just so positive and supportive, and I really want you to get involved. By the end of the month, you will walk away with an actionable plan for integrating a creative strategy into your classroom or school within that month. Everything culminates with the enrollment opening for our 2021 Arts Integration Certification Program. So if you're curious about the process and you want to participate, head over to artsintegration.com forward slash bootcamp for all the details. Now, something a lot of people don't know about me is that I have lived with depression since I was in college. For about half of my life now, I've gone to therapy and learned invaluable skills for coping with negative self-talk and have occasionally taken medication when needed. Over the past six months, I've had so many educators tell me that they have had to seek help for mental exhaustion, depression, and anxiety. And I think what distresses me most is how educators talk about it, as if we are ashamed that we need support. Um, This in and of itself is something that bothers me on a core level because while we know that um, social emotional learning, mental health is important and we prioritize that for everyone else in our lives. We prioritize that for our students. We talk about the need for more guidance counselors, more support, more um, mental um, and emotional support all around for our students and for other staff members and for our family members. And we know that in this pandemic, you know, so many people are struggling with this. Somehow, when we are dealing with it, it feels like we've let somebody down. It feels like I should be able to handle this. 
I'm the strong one. Everybody else needs this. I should be able to cope with this on my own. I shouldn't need medication. I shouldn't need some some of this kind of support. I shouldn't need to go to therapy. Um, and what I have found is that, that, is, that that's universal almost to every single teacher that I know every educator, every principal, every administrator, because we are such givers. We want to support and help everybody else before ourselves. And while we know logically that there is no shame around mental health, when we're dealing with it ourselves, it feels like something that we can't talk about. So that's why I want to have this conversation today. I want to unlock this you know, dark room that we put ourselves in. And so if you are struggling, or if you know of an educator or somebody else who is seriously struggling right now with something more than just the blues, you know, that that it is something that is deeper than that. Let's talk about it. Let's have this conversation, share this episode. Let's open the door and let some light in. Because as Leonard Cohen says in his song, Hallelujah, the cracks are where the light gets in. So let's talk about those cracks today. Friend, if this conversation is for you, or if this is someone that you teach or someone that you love, please know there is nothing shameful about working on our mental well-being. In fact, I think it's one of the greatest gifts you could give or receive. So today I want to share one idea that I've learned in this realm, which has helped me a lot and I hope will also help you on this journey. Please know mental health is something that is very comprehensive. I am not a therapist. (laughs) Um, There is there are so many things going on um, in this realm. I make no, you know, judgments or giving any specific medical advice. I am sharing one technique that is helpful for me um, because I think in the uh, the sea of everything, we get overwhelmed. And that's something else that happens, right? We have, we know we need to work on our mental well-being. We know something is is a little off uh, for us that's not normal. But then we start thinking about all of the things that might be contributing to it and we get overwhelmed and don't know where to start. So this is a practice that has been helpful for me and I hope that it will also be helpful for you. So in the book, Jane Eyre, the main character, Edwin Rochester, has a first wife who has been locked in the attic because she has been declared insane. Now, I hadn't read Jane Eyre for a really long time, not since like maybe high school English, Um, but I kind of remembered this part of the story. She is literally the mad woman in the attic, okay? Um... What's really interesting, though, about this, and and I didn't understand this when I first read this story, is that many people believe that the mad woman in the attic, that his his wife that has been locked in that that attic, is really a metaphor for the voice or the person we all have living in our minds. That voice that we hear when things go wrong or when we make a mistake or even when we're just trying to decide what to do. So let me explain that a little bit from and what it's like for me. And once I do once I share this, I think you're you're going to have like some light bulbs. Um so for me, the mad woman in the attic for me, my mad woman 
is any time that I make a mistake, if I do something that I feel like I should know better, that voice automatically kicks in and says, man, that was stupid. What is wrong with you, Riley? What in the world? How could you do that? How can you be that dumb? Okay, that's number one. Which, by the way, pause. I would never speak to a friend that way. I wouldn't even speak to an enemy that way. (laughs) Um, Because it's just, it's cruel. And I wouldn't do that to anyone. So why do I do it to myself? Good question. Number two, this is another way that that mad woman sounds for me. You're not doing enough. Why are you just sitting here watching yet another episode of something that's not going to contribute to the greater good? You should be working right now. You should be doing more. You're wasting your time. What are you, lazy? Almost in that self-admonishment. And if any of you struggle with being able to take a break or being able to not run at 100 miles an hour all the time, you know that voice well. Here's another one. Um, If I am facing a decision, I oftentimes will hear in my brain, better make the right one, because if you make the wrong one, you're going to mess all this up. And then everything's going to fail or fade away. And then you're going to end up in a cardboard box on the side of the road somewhere with no place else to sleep. Right? (laughs) Like we go from zero to 100 in 2.5 seconds. (laughs) Right? Um, Now, if any of those voices sound familiar to you, and by the way, I can even tell you what the voice sounds like. That one's personal to me, but I, I can describe what the voice sounds like. Um, I can, I can picture a person that's telling that to me and it's, it's like a constant companion in everything that I'm doing. And you know, what's ironic is that when I do something right, you would think that that voice would say, that's great. Excellent. Yes. You finally did it. Right? Nope. Cause that voice will constantly say, "Mm, I don't know how long this one's going to last. You better do something to follow up with that that's even better, right? It's never enough. That voice, that mad woman is a constant with me. And I have a feeling it may be a constant for you too. It's something that we carry with us. So that, that negative self-talk, you know, when we, when we hear the words negative self-talk, sometimes I want to roll my eyes like, yeah, okay. Um, change it into some positive self-talk, right? Yeah, okay. That's easier said than done. Um, In order for me to deal with that constant companion all the time and not get pushed down with the weight of what that companion does, um, I have to, I have to break it down. Like I have to know who that, that mad woman is to be able to acknowledge it, to know that it's separate from myself. That's a big piece. You are not that voice. You are not um, whatever that mad woman for you is. You are not that person, right? Um, so being able to to identify it and then separate it as not you is really important for the first step. So you have to know who is your mad woman. So here's what I want you to think about. Consider what your mad woman sounds like. 
Okay. What does your mad woman say on a regular basis to you? What are the, the things that you hear in your head all the time? Um, what kind of voice do they use? Is it soft and gentle, but kind of like spooky? Is it scary, angry? Is it uh, kind of disgusted sounding? What what does it sound like? Actually write those things down. Or if you're not going to write it down, if you're listening in the car, at least identify. Because you're going to know right away what that is. And then think about when does your mad woman get most vocal? Like there are periods of time that my mad woman kind of sits quietly. I don't I don't necessarily hear her pop into the surface, right? If I'm just going about my regular stuff and I'm I'm excited about something, she's kind of dormant. But I know particularly when I mess up, you know, and I have to wear some screw-up stripes, um that she's going to come raging out. Or if somebody points something out to me, maybe as feedback Um, my initial inclination is not always to take feedback as a way to improve, but it feels more like an admonition, like an an admonishment. Um, So, and that's when she comes raging to the surface. So you got to know when that trigger is, when the mad woman's going to come out, right? Then, so we have identified what it sounds like. We know what the script is for the mad woman. We know when the triggers are, what she's when she's going to pop up, or he. How do you feel when the mad woman begins to take over? Like when I allow that voice to really start to get loud and everything else falls back into the the background, I get really really angry. It's it's a angry feeling of myself. Um, and I know that that is what's bubbling to the surface for me. So being able to identify your feeling when that begins to happen. Those three things are important because then the last part of this is talk with a trusted friend or a family member or a mentor. What does their mad woman sound like? So ask them those same three questions and then talk about it. Because I have talked about this with trusted friends, with my mentors, with people who I value and who I I sincerely trust. Do not do this with people who are just, you know, acquaintances. Uh, That's not a good idea. (laughs) You want to do this with people you trust. But um, when you do that, you're going to realize this is common. Okay. Uh, I have, whenever I've talked about this with, with friends and family members and others, Every single person can tell me what their mad woman sounds like, what that that voice in their head is. They This is not something that's just you, right? And so being able to shed light on that. And what's interesting is being able to um, to talk about that and it, and it sheds light on so much with that person. And I'll, I'll give you an example of that. So um, I had this conversation with my daughter. My daughter, you have to understand, she's like 11. She's in middle school. And I just, I did a a light version of this. I I explained, here's what the mad woman in the attic is. Um, You know, have you ever experienced that voice? And she immediately was, you know, now my daughter's a little different because she, we have a really good relationship and she's, she and I talk a lot. Um, But she immediately said, oh yeah, 
oh yeah, I have that. And I said, really? What does it sound like for you? And she, it, without question, she said, angry and disgusted. Like the red guy in Inside Out, like anger in Inside Out and the green disgusted girl in Inside Out. It's like that. Um, most often it's the angry guy. And, but sometimes it's the green disgusted girl. And, um, and it was such an eye-opening moment for me as her mom, because one, again, you don't know this, so I'll share this with you. My daughter is a gentle soul. Like she always is looking for ways to help others. It's, it's just her natural inclination. Um, she does not express anger very often. Like we had an incident earlier this year where we had to, she couldn't name her emotion. And I said, honey, you are angry. She it, like, she's just not an angry person, but in her mind, that mad woman in the attic for her is anger, which is so interesting to me as her mom and being able to then understand she, her reaction sometimes like when we talk and maybe I need to reprimand her for something you know if I need to say you know Emma this you really should have rethought that that's not a good choice let's um not yelling but just you know a little admonishment maybe to try and and move her into a different direction her natural inclination is to shrink like her shoulders physically come in and she kind of shrinks a little bit and i've never understood why i mean we're not physically aggressive in our family like i couldn't understand this but suddenly when she told me what that voice in her head sounded like i understood you know if i if i am trying to share with you this is not a good choice maybe you should choose a different thing and if her voice in her mind is angry well yeah of course you're gonna shrink in right so when you have conversations like this with trusted people or family members, it's so powerful because you can build an understanding and a trust that you can't otherwise. Um, another idea here, once you've, once you've identified your mad woman in the attic, right? It's the importance of naming. One of the very best ways to work with your mad woman and kind of to, to keep that at bay a bit is to name it and give it legs, right? Which might seem counterintuitive because after all, do you really want to make your mad woman seem more real, right? <laughs> do you really want to go there? Uh, but I have found that making your mad woman a character of sorts gives you the ability to decide and control your reaction to their negative voice. So I can think of two examples of this. One, building off of, of what I just shared about my daughter in our conversation, you know, this was the very next step that we did. I said, you know what? You know the actor who plays anger in Inside Out um, is Louis Black, right? And I, she's like, oh, I know. I'm going to call that voice Lousy Louis. And every time I hear it, I'm going to be like, sound Lousy Louis. Yes, right? If Because it immediately diffuses think about that it diffuses that anger right and you can name it and it kind of sounds funny lousy lewis like quiet lousy lewis go sit down right um you can then you can do that because you've been able to to identify it separately you've been able to name it um another example of that is uh elizabeth gilbert in her book uh big magic 
talks about that voice that all artists also have, right? I think artists in particular have this voice very loudly um, that gives them pause, right? It's it's what hinders the creative process. And she talks about this, that she's she thinks of this voice as like a character that's in driving along the road with her, right? Like, and she looks at this character and says, thank you so much for trying to protect me, but I'm in the driver's seat now. You need to sit down. You can't even touch the radio, right? <laughs> um, having those kinds of things that you can lean on is helpful. Now, sometimes it's hard to name that mad woman. And this is where the arts can help. You may want to draw the colors or outline of what the mad woman sounds like. Like if it's a if it's that angry sound, um, what does what color comes to mind or or what um, shape does that sound look like? Right. Um, or you might want to create a movement or a gesture to help remind yourself of what you're thinking not being helpful right now. Um, one of my therapists has often said, when you find yourself, when you catch yourself in that voice, just do like, if I always wear a hair tie around my uh, wrist, she's like, just take your hair tie and just snap it. Not hard, but a little bit just to remind yourself, hey, that's that's not you. Um, so a small gesture or a movement and something um, to help remind yourself what you're thinking is not helpful, right? Now, you can do this for yourself. I think this is also really helpful if you're working with students, particularly right now, right? Because our students, many of them are feeling things that they don't understand and it's difficult for them to put words to. And so this becomes an outlet for them, which may help them to process better. Now, this episode is not about our students. Remember, go all the way back to the beginning. This is about us as educators, as people, as humans, right? And taking care of our mental well-being. But I know that you're also thinking about that classroom challenge that you have or that student that you have that you just know needs a little bit more TLC and you just don't know what to do with that child right now. I know you're thinking about that kiddo. Um, and so maybe some of this can help with that as well. So these techniques that, that I'm sharing uh, tie into the social emotional competencies that we often work on because so often we think that SEL is just for our students, but we can access these ideas too. So first, give your mad woman a name. By simply making that voice in your head a character, which happens when you name something, you immediately lessen its power over you. Two, if you can't name your mad woman, use art to show what that voice looks or feels like, which is an incredibly freeing action. Take away the pressure of words and instead just use color, line, texture, and form to show what this voice feels or sounds like. This is an excellent tool for students as well. And remember, there's no right or wrong here. It's free flow, right? Um, and then describe the feels. What kind of voice do you hear when those nagging thoughts creep in? Is it shrill? Is it angry? Is it disgusted? Is it soft but worried? Try using similes to describe your voice. I find this technique really helpful. Like, my mad woman is angry like the character in Inside Out. So describe, the give a descriptive word, and then like, 
what. So maybe it's um, my mad woman is scary like the movie Scream, (laughs) right? Give it a simile so that you can maybe engage with it a little bit differently, right? And then there's one last piece here, which is action versus reaction. Now that you're aware that there's another voice inside of you that might not always be there for your greatest good, you get to decide whether or not to respond. If you listen to that voice, you can consider whether to react on impulse or to take strategic action. Because action is deliberate, right? You can acknowledge the voice's concerns or process and then either move forward in that direction or decide to take over the driving for now like Elizabeth Gilbert right? Um, You can make that choice. I think one of the key things for me is to acknowledge that the voice, the voice's concerns, because the voice is is really there, um, I think, to protect you, right? It's trying to make sure it's that, it's that amygdala voice, right? The, the uh, voice that we get from our reptilian days of danger, 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 don't go there, right? I'm really scared, So um, being able to be kind to yourself and say, thank you so much for trying to protect me here, but I'm a grown-up. I can deal with this and I am okay to make this decision, right? That's action. It's deliberate. Reaction, on the other hand, is primal. You give up control when you react, which can make you feel even worse, Okay, when we listen to the voice and react out of fear or worry or anger, we lose the ability to slow down and allow time and space to provide perspective. So there's a quick way to begin loosening the grip of anxiety, worry, and fear this year. Okay, identify your mad woman, name it and describe it however you can, and then decide what kind of action you're going to take. Just those three steps can make a powerful difference in your days. I know it has done so much for me. Um, and I hope just this small idea of the mad woman in the attic and how to deal with that um, is helpful for you as well. There is so much more to cover on this topic. Um, and we will continue to bring mental health to the surface in future episodes because I don't think we talk about it enough as teachers, really don't. But for now, try starting with this process and see if these steps are helpful. Now, I'd love to hear your thoughts and questions about this. Remember, you can use the Ask Me Anything button on the podcast page to share with me your ideas and what's bubbling to the surface for you. Just head over to artsintegration.com forward slash sparkchasers and you'll find today's show notes, contact area, and links for more resources. And if you're enjoying the show and know somebody who could benefit from our discussions, please share the podcast with them because together we can chase the spark of our ideas and make a brighter future for everyone. I'll see you soon. Well, check that off your list, my friend. You just finished another episode of the Spark Chasers podcast. If you want more, head over to artsintegration.com forward slash Spark Chasers for show notes, a space to tell me what you thought of today's show, and links to what we talked about today. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. This helps others find the show so we can all grow and learn together. Can't wait to get together again soon.